Anita Coleman and some friends admire the skyline of Lower Manhattan, the Statue of Liberty in the New York Harbor, from a rooftop under a spectacular fall sky. Now that's a view. Yes. This is nice. Best skyline in the world. This was Anita's first ever view of New York City. Today, she's not a breast cancer survivor as much as she is a tourist in from L.A., seeing the sights in town to celebrate the birthday of the mother of her best friend, Doris, a surprise 85th birthday party. And the ladies from L.A. did a little rehearsing for us on the day before the festivities. Anita is one of the three women we're following in our series on breast cancer under her skin. She just celebrated a birthday herself. At age 55, Anita is wise beyond her years, with a knowledge of her inner self that comes from her courage and her chemo and her MRIs. It used to be one out of eight people you know would be diagnosed with cancer. That circle is getting smaller. And out of our circle, me and my friend's circle, we've known so many. I have a girlfriend right now, her best friend, going through it. And then there's so many people who don't go to get checked because of the fear and because of the stigma. Because when I first had cancer, you tell somebody you have cancer, it's like, oh, they step back, you have cancer? It's like it's contagious, but it's not a contagious disease. It's an illness. And I think people have become more educated because it's so well publicized. But as far as African Americans, a lot of people don't want to know. It can be a scary illness, and it's how you approach it. It's your state of mind. People have asked me, you know, do you think it's because you're black? And my answer is no, because if you take off all our skin virtually, you wouldn't know what I am. So it's not an issue of the way I was raised. It just happened. Tell me about this party that you've traveled across the country to go to. Doris's mom's surprise 85th birthday party. Wow, that's cool. I, I came because, number one, I want to go. I know her mom. And Doris has been, before my grandmother passed, they always came to my grandmother's parties. Um, and I gave her one virtually every year because I believe in celebrating people while they're alive. In the words of my grandfather, I would prefer you to bring soup and some flowers to my funeral because I can a bit more eat that soup than I can smell those flowers. So you do it for them while they're here. While they're alive. Yeah. Do it while they're alive. And when I'm gone, my friends know, have a celebration. I'm not meant to live forever. And I, that's one of my ways that I get through life because I've come to accept that death happens. You're not always aware that it's going to happen. The worst death is a surprise death. But the best death is knowing you're going. And I tell my friends all the time, if it ever came to the point, point that they said, you know, this cancer is going to take you out, I revel and I'm going to have the best drugs going out. I'll be okay. So you, have, you look at life that way because there's no inside. The end is not an end. It's the beginning because when my life is over, I will begin a new journey of total peace. So let me get this cancer experience straight here from what you've just said. The um, best case scenario is you live, mm-hmm. right? And it's a, it's a great life, interesting journey, as you say. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, it's the best death. You know, like I can become permanently disabled. I know that. It could be a chronic situation where they say, okay, we've done this PET scan because you do have to go back for a PET scan. Those are the worst times. 
Because, you know, they could tell you, okay, it showed up in another part of your body. But they also told me in 2001, there are no guarantees. When I finished cancer treatment in 2001, 2002, they said, we can't tell you it's gone. It's dormant. They said the aggressiveness of your cancer, it's 99% sure that it's somewhere else in your body. So once I got beyond that, and I told them, no, I'm okay, I'm going to make it. And I had to go through a 10-year period before I was in remission, made it through 10 years, 13 years, come, here we go again, okay. It's no guarantee. I don't have to die from cancer. I could walk outside, get hit by a bus. You know, that's how I look at life. What's it meant to have been in touch with so many people through doing this diary for us? Comments on the website, people asking about you. I mean, you got your inner circle. It sounds like you got quite a support network. But uh, there's suddenly this outer circle, too. It's been overwhelming. Number one, I'm not a Facebook person, but I'm getting better. But to see the responses, there's so many people that don't have anybody. I'm amazed at how many people don't have anybody, an avenue to get what's going on in them out. Because I've read where some people, they say, well, I'm going through this part of my treatment. Is there any comments on what other people feel or how they're going through it? And it just truly, I'm like, wow, I'm truly blessed that I had that inner circle, but I've also been on the reverse end where there was someone who didn't know what to experience and I was there for them. So I know it can be beneficial. I think that people hearing what they might go through might make it better. And on some instances, people also have to know, don't rely on everybody else's experience to get through yours. Because... You have to be able to weed out the people who are going to say, oh, it was horrible, it killed me. No, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that because how can you get strong if somebody's telling you everything bad and how terrible? Yeah, it's terrible, but you can get through it because you have to. all that is poison going through your body because you have to think anything that can remove every stitch of hair from your body can turn your fingernails black can make your toenails turn black, can make you lose weight and not want to eat. That's that's serious medicine. But on the other end, when you come up out of it, you've done something. You deserve every little bit of happiness you can take. That's why when she said she's going, I said, I don't know how I'm going to go, but I'm going. Because nothing is promised, and, and I want to live the fullest at all times. Doris's mom knows you, right? Yes. Doris's mom is definitely not expecting you to be there. She's really not expecting her, and she darn sure ain't expecting me. So you're you're like the the turbo surprise. No, that's gonna be the turbo surprise. Right so there. you're the double turbo surprise. Yeah, I'm gonna be the. Triple. She's gonna say, "Where did where did she come from?" And she's gonna ask, "Did you bring a peach cobbler?" <laughs> really? Why is she gonna ask that? She loves my peach cobbler. <laughs> And when we put our vanilla ice cream on it, oh, we're the, uh, it's just gorgeous. And she does that so easy, so effortlessly. And I'm like, wow. But there's a lot of love in her peach cobblers. To learn more about our series on breast cancer, check out our podcast where this weekend we're bringing you up to speed on the stories of all three women we're following. Go to the iTunes store to download the Takeaway podcast or visit us at thetakeaway.org for more of Anita, Crystal, and Lisa's stories and the reflections in their audio diaries. You can also see some fabulous photos from Anita's visit to New York.